0: Lampshade Media presents Down Ballot Voting with Paige Pelesnik.
1: People are actually quite
2: good. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, I'm over here just like, God, I wish the Nazis would take dad. And <laughs> I know you guys are thinking, oh, if she's like that, I bet she can really catch a dick. Uh, <laughs> but not always, because I went to Catholic school. Quick show of hands anybody else out there good at a hand job? Hey! <laughs> Catholic girl. I am just like kinky, but afraid. So I don't do much, but I do try to look good not doing it. Uh, And like, I didn't get a whole lot of action back because the boys referred to the clit as Satan's doorbell. But I am the only one home. And I do not like to be ding-dong ditched. And also, Who rings a doorbell with a mechanical toothbrush? (laughs) Uh, Oh, she knows this (laughs) trick. For the rest of you, you take off the bristles. Oh, I'm sorry, are you surprised that we take off the bristles? (laughs) You take off the bristles, you got a cheap vibrator, and then your little brother has weird breath the rest of his childhood. (laughs) That's, that's your How's everyone's mental health? Are we okay? You guys never smell so bad you just kind of hope it rains? I have a bipolar disorder. You know. That disease your parents won't let you have while you live at home. I was only allowed to take St. John's ward for my uh, bipolar disorder, and I think that's only because there was a saint's name in it. I like to date other bipolar people because neither of us can own a gun. (laughs) Old Paige gets the
2: gloomies.
1: (laughs) You guys ever want a bunch of sweaters off of somebody? (laughs) Let me explain. So the other day I ran into a man while I was wearing a sweater I had stolen from him. And he looked at me with this look on his face that was just like, he, he had just realized he was cold. And I was just, I couldn't even give it back to him because I was wearing this really old, uh, nothing underneath it. <laughs> and like, here's, here's my thing. I believe that if you go to someone's house and they are too drunk to perform, you can take up to three articles of clothing and then just fucking leave. Because they are not going to remember that you were ever there. I feel like I'm kind of like the lawyer of my friend group in that way, because I'm just like, did you spend money on an Uber that didn't lead to an orgasm? You may be entitled to compensation. I can also play the other side of that and be like, did you wake up from a drunken stupor and realize that six of your sweaters are missing? Perhaps you should look in the mirror. I got broken up with pretty fantastically on November 17th via text message and yeah, I'm gonna read it to you. So this fella. I said, uh, why won't you go out with me anymore? Lay it on me, worst to best. And he says, three reasons. Ooh. Itemized. He said, number one, I am overwhelmed right now. Number two, I don't know what you're looking for, and I'm afraid it is beyond what I can give. Number three, the squirting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, guys, it says the squirting like it's a fucking Stephen King novel.
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty mean. So I just texted him back. I said, dude, I should have drowned you. <laughs> when I had the chance. But I mean everything's all right now, like do you guys want to know what my new partner has to say about my squirting? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this is the longest I've gone without vaping today. just what you've seen here. I'm a, I'm a big weed smoker. If you guys come over to my house, you'll notice that none of my faucets have their screens in them anymore. <laughs> I do what a lot of stoners do. I go to my fridge, there's nothing there. So I go to my pantry, even less. And then like, I get pretty desperate between those two trips. So I just like end up eating pickles But I'm also a woman who lives by herself, so I also have just like a bunch of jars I can't open. (laughs) So I get real desperate for a pickle. I take my jar and I go outside and I listen for a lawnmower. (laughs) Because there's usually a man or a beautiful lesbian at the end of that (laughs) rainbow who can help you out with your pickles. I date both uh, men and women, woo, I'm bisexual. And I'm, I'm not just telling you guys that I'm bisexual because I am just like down for whatever. <laughs> but if you can do a lottery scratch off, you can probably make me go. <laughs> because that means you're over 18 and you have a quarter. <laughs> dating men and women though because if you go out with a man who on his profile says he's an entrepreneur, he lives with mom. But if you go out with a woman who's an entrepreneur, she is about to pitch you some essential oils. (laughs) I like going out with big old dummies. I once made, uh, I once went out with a man that was so dumb He made the same mistake so many times in a row that now I just call my asshole the whoopsie pussy. (laughs) I like to go on dates with white people who have dreadlocks (laughs) because, oh my God, can they commit to a mistake? (laughs) I, uh, I, I was talking to this guy on Tinder the other day and he was like, how tall are you? And I was like, 5'9". And he was like, Oh, I'm 5'10. Yeah. How much do you guys want to bet I was still taller than that asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I should have brought this up earlier, but I have a lot of. Uh, I, I'm on the road right now, and I was wondering if you guys would be interested in purchasing a shirt after this. It says, Kinky but Afraid. <laughs> And I probably should have said that during the toothbrushing part, right? (laughs) But um, guys I only have a little bit of time left with you so I'm gonna end with something I think we all can identify with. Uh, don't you guys just hate it when you wake up at a stranger's house before they do and you have to just lay there like... (laughs) one of these people have to wake up and untie me (laughs) but guys gals and non-binary pals there is a really quick way of learning to get myself out of some restraints I lean into it and I just go hey you're my boyfriend now
3: Page, pull a snack I would like to welcome you to lampshade media presents down ballot voting
2: ooh down ballot voting uh, you're sold on that name
3: <laughs> I am uh I do think that down ballot voting needs to be needs to be talked about
2: yeah for sure I don't know I don't know if I, I want to be on down ballot voting.
3: What are your misgivings about the uh, the new I, uh, branding of Lampshade Media Presents?
2: I think that it just, I think it sounds, okay, so first off, it's way too heavy political.
3: Oh, yeah? You don't get into the political?
2: Oh, no, we've got to, we're here for the giggles, man. We're here for the giggles, not the tears.
3: Uh, but then why are uh, so many comedians sad?
2: Well, that's that's more of the criteria that comes with being a comedian and think?
3: <laughs> yeah, sure. But too heavy, huh?
2: Yeah, I think you're definitely due for something different there.
3: I guess we'll have to we'll have to noodle on that. Do you have any ideas already, or
2: no, I don't.
3: All right. Well, let's. I've, just... I've
2: always thought about rebranding you as a mailman.
3: <laughs> I wish I was a mailman because I'd probably like be in a little bit better shape
2: probably
3: have some health insurance too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know like with what's going on. I know you said you didn't want to talk about politics, but maybe the postal service isn't the safest place to find security and work these days. Oh,
2: yeah.
3: There's you're like there's no giggles here. There's no
2: giggles out here. I was back out of the
3: post office. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to get away from the from the politics. So, yeah. I just I just spent like maybe Eight hours yesterday watching this show that this friend of mine suggested, "Forged in Fire."
2: Forged in Fire. Wait, is that where they make swords?
3: Yeah, yeah. They knives and swords. It's all about these uh, blacksmiths coming and competing against each other.
2: My mom told me about this show.
3: <laughs> it is the most ridiculously entertaining thing, and it's just so. It's so bizarre, <laughs> like.
2: Yeah, she loved it.
3: It's so it's so wild. These characters on this show. Uh, I swear to God, this uh, this dude on this show comes in there and he's like, "Well, yeah, I'd really like to win because uh, I don't have running water." Oh my god! And I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> he can't. I think he was like tongue in cheek because he like lived in Alaska, way out in the sticks, and didn't give a shit. Yeah. But these are the types of characters you find on this show. Like, <laughs> I have just been enthralled with it. Absolutely yeah, enthralled. Yeah, You ever get into, a, like, a weird, like, little, like, wormhole like that where you're just like, I can't stop?
2: I started watching Avatar The Last Airbender.
3: Oh, yeah. People are it's so not, it's, into it. It's
2: pretty nice. People get stoked about it.
3: And were you stoked about it?
2: I'm I'm enjoying it It's so far So far it's living up To the hype With
3: the With the bending of air
2: the Bending of air Water Earth And fire We thought everything Was fine Until the fire nation Attacked
3: Is that Is that like a big part of it I, I know nothing about this Is this something I need to get into
2: Yes You've got to try it out
3: Cause like I know the movie The uh, Shyamalan thing Was a flop right
2: Yeah The Shyamalan Shyamalan <laughs>
3: Yeah, that was not that was not the the adequate representation from what I understand.
2: Yes, you got to give the animated series a try. It's right on Netflix. I borrowed someone's Netflix. Oh, I yeah? highly recommend it.
3: There's got to be speaking of like borrowing somebody's Netflix, is there like a really organized system of sharing passwords yet? Like it seems like we need a little bit more like teamwork on our on our password sharing.
2: I think someone's going to bundle all of it all up together and just sell us cable again.
3: <laughs> I mean, but yeah,
2: I think of collecting is passwords is like collecting infinity stones. Like I'm working on my infinity gauntlet of passwords from friends.
3: <laughs> yeah, so you could get all of the power.
2: Yeah. I've got HBO. I've got a Hulu. I've got Netflix. I've got Disney plus. That was a big one. That's, that's, that's on the ring finger. <laughs>
3: Disney Plus was pretty huge.
2: Yeah, massive.
3: <laughs> yeah, what was your uh, what was your binge, the first binge on Disney Disney Plus? Where'd you go back to?
2: The first thing I watched on Disney Plus was Bed and Broomstick.
3: Oh my god, I so remember that movie. Oh wow.
2: Do you remember that movie?
3: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Growing yeah. Up. Yeah. That was like that was a whole deal.
2: It's like sexy Mary Poppins.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it did have that like that similar uh, kind of like vibe to it as Mary Poppins.
2: Yeah, you've got a witch in the house.
3: Yeah, you got to watch out for that. Was Mary Poppins a witch?
2: In a lot of ways, wasn't she?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I guess like you could say she was like had witchy type, you know, powers, right? But do they actually in in that story do they refer to her as a witch?
2: No, she just is.
3: <laughs> it's just a, is it? We
2: don't need to label it.
3: Okay. I would yeah, I've never actually thought about that before. Is Mary Poppins a witch?
2: Mary Poppins is a
3: witch. <laughs> she's at least the good witch, right?
2: Of course she's a good witch. There's all kinda of good witches.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well actually like the only witches I've ever met are good witches.
2: Oh good. You've got some good experiences then.
3: <laughs> I've never I've never met a bad witch.
2: Oh well. Let me tell you, there are they're out there.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not as uh, I'm not as uh, as uh, as out there as you are, I guess.
2: Oh, I'm out there because of the witches.
3: Yeah, are you in the witch scene?
2: Oh yeah, I get witchy with it. Are you witchy? I'm witchy if, if it counts that I have sage and a bunch of feathers.
3: <laughs> sage and feathers—a witch makes, huh?
2: Yeah, this is the makings of a witch. Get me some crystals and an candle and we'll be good.
3: Yeah. Do you you get you get the crystals all around you and, and shit like that?
2: I'm down with it. I'm yeah. down with it for sure. I have a book called uh three hundred and sixty six witchy things to do every day.
3: Oh yeah. What are some of these, like what are some of the uh highlights of the uh of the list there?
2: There's a lot of incantations. There's a lot of praying to yourself. Okay. And um they, they have some cool stuff, too, like um, freezing someone out, putting someone's picture in ice.
3: So, do you think that there's, like, magic behind this, or do you think this is, uh, like, meditation uh, kind of thing?
2: I'm going to say the same thing that Albert Einstein said. There are powers in this world that I hold in high respect that I do not understand.
3: Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because... <laughs> You know, like, like when I was uh, super religious, like, there's no doubt powerful uh, experiences I had that I then would have called spirituality. So I, I, I understand that feeling, right? Yeah. I've since like become like far more, as a as a response to my religious upbringing, I became very skeptical of like all things magic, you know. But I'm yeah, wrestling still with that idea that yeah, these things exist and there is this like weird thing. We don't understand how our brains work and how we can understand each other without communicating verbally, you know, things yeah, like
2: that. Yeah, I like, I like magic in general. I even like mind benders. Like, um, what's Suspicious Wizard's real name? Eric Tate?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's a close-up magic. I, I was on a show with him and he was doing some magic tricks. And, oh, my God, I was so intrigued.
3: That's the the funny thing about uh, magic is as a as I got into skepticism, uh, magicians like are actually like a big part of the skeptic community because like magicians like Eric Tate are like trying to trick people. So they're not. You know what I mean? Like they're like trying. They're like presenting it as if it's like magic, but they're actually just tricking people. So uh, there's this guy, uh, the amazing Randy. Yeah. He has this documentary called The Honest Liar. Have you heard of this?
2: I don't know.
3: Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's just about him and his life and trying to debunk, uh, like, con artists and stuff like that, like, uh, that are, you know, the uh, the the televangelists that are trying to get people's money and the, uh, you know, uh, mediums that are, like, trying to take advantage of people that are grieving and things like that, you know?
2: Yeah. There's a show I used to watch on i want to say netflix no it was on it was on, it was on prime hey added to the gauntlet <laughs> so it was on amazon prime and it was called sneaky pete and they were oh, gonna yeah. con in every episode
3: yeah that was a great that was a great series
2: that was a great series
3: yeah i think it's still going isn't it i i fell off at some point but
2: i'll have to check it out i know there were two seasons of it
3: yeah because yeah. i watched
2: two seasons enthralled fell
3: in love with Giovanni Rubisi. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's great.
2: Who who could stop themselves, though?
3: (laughs) Right, for real, for real. The thing I love about those, like, con shows is, like, how everybody's always one step ahead of being one step ahead of being one step ahead of of the other guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like the whole chess game thing.
2: Yes, 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 yes. I
3: knew you were gonna do that, so I did this.
2: I knew you would assume that I would be here, so I... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> like that scene from Princess Bride. <laughs> like when he changed the poisons. I, uh, so when you weren't looking, I moved the poison. Now, what you know is what you you
2: must be a learned man, and you would have learned that man is mortal. So you would have put the poison far away from you <laughs> as possible, so I can clearly not choose the line in front of me. <laughs> yeah. IoT is from uh, Australia. We all know Australia is full of liars.
3: Yeah, you knew the quotes like right off the right off the dome. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Princess Bride.
3: <laughs> oh, it's classic, classic.
2: It's the perfect movie.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It's I actually like there isn't it, It's I I gotta go read this the book. I, I've from what I understand, the movie is like a meta of the book,
2: and the book is very good.
3: Yeah, it's like well, it, like the concept of the the fact that this guy's reading the story. I guess there's some sort of meta play in there, and then in the in the story that I, I, I yeah, I guess I just need to go back and do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, get to work.
3: Right, right. Yeah, I've got work to do. Yeah, and uh, Sam Welch has work to do too. So uh, here's the Welch report. You're listening to The Welch Report with Lampshade Media's own intrepid reporter, Sam Welch.
0: Oh, my God. That's so crazy.
3: I knew it. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. They did. What?
1: What's the tea? Did you hear?
4: So, once upon a time... George Bush was president. A terrible time for our nation. In 2002, this was the beginning of their canoodling. Senior Bush White House advisor Karl Rove and Britney Spears were hanging out at a Cirque du Soleil show in Rome. So here's the early connection. That's the first thing. And then every breakda- Britney breakdown sense, you can tie it to current events. January 5th, 2004. Bush needs to distance himself from the Valerie Plame scandal where Plame, a CIA operative, was exposed by a leak in the Bush administration. Brittany steps up to the plate, has a 55-hour marriage to Jason Alexander. Way more interesting headline. April 11, 2006, Bush's approval ratings have at an all-time low of 38%. Visits from Child Welfare and Sheriff's deputy to Brittany's home to talk about her parenting skills took the spotlight away from those terrible ratings and back on to Brittany. November 6, 2006, the Republican Party is facing a very fiercely contested election, and in order to divert attention, Brittany announces her split from her then-husband, Kevin Federline. In February 2007, George Bush announced that al-Qaeda has reformated, and you know what Britney did? She ducked out of rehab and shaved her head that same month. And there's plenty of evidence of Britney running around. She's defended Bush in the press before, saying she has complete trust in him. She's defended him in Michael Moore documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11. She defended him there. And so there's, at the very least, some canoodling between the two of them. But with all of these events lining up, it's clear that she was a Bush operative.
2: I think you're using the word canoodling instead of colluding. No, canoodling. (laughs) 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 <laughs> canoodling means snuggling
3: i think the two could be they, they could probably like uh make sense uh, crossover
2: yeah sure they were doing some snugs
3: <laughs> that was a lot of evidence uh are, are you feeling convinced
2: yeah i mean all of the evidence is there
3: it's all right there she just laid it all out
2: laid it all out for me yeah it's really hard to refute
3: So the entire time you thought you were just being entertained by fun music, you were actually being manipulated by George Bush.
2: This is some deep state shit.
3: How did the government get involved in the pop industry? The government's
4: always been involved in the pop industry. I mean, if you look back, I mean, it's even parodied in Forrest Gump, where Forrest Gump gets to meet the president. It's all intrinsically connected, just because I mean, the lifestyles of the rich and powerful, rich people rich people going to rich people, right?
3: You know, that's actually really interesting because, like, I feel like in Britain they kind of had this figured out that the uh, the king and the queen was just a show. Exactly.
4: I mean, and and here since our pop stars are our royalty, like. The Kardashians, I remember when Kim got married, they were saying, like, oh, well, it's, like, our American royal wedding, and that's exactly it, because, like, Kanye West is running for president now, and, like, yeah, because here in America, that's all the
2: same to us. Yeah, I totally agree.
3: Yeah? Are you uh, are you a big Britney fan, Paige?
2: I... At One of my favorite restaurants—they have something called the Britney Spears and their chicken spears. Wow! Oh, yeah, that's that's
4: great. I I would dare say that that's better than Britney herself.
2: Oh my God! It's definitely more delicious. Yeah, I've never <laughs> um, I've never dabbled in cannibalism before, but yes.
3: Paige, have you had an AB <laughs> test on that one?
2: I tasted blood before. It tastes like pennies. All right, first.
3: <laughs> tastes like pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Very true.
2: Irony. I got a nosebleed when I was making out one time. Really? Yeah, and I thought it was just a lot of sloppy kiss until That's I pulled so away. <laughs> oh my
0: god! <laughs> that
3: had to be horrifying.
2: Looks like a murder was it your happened. First kiss, though no, it wasn't my first kiss. My first kiss was at oh, a Denny's. Nice. Mine was at debate camp.
3: Do they have any fun sayings at debate camp?
4: Uh... It was mostly just a bunch of pretentious fifteen-year-old smell. I don't. What can I say?
3: <laughs> yeah, that that clocks. So as far as as far as this Britney Spears uh, debacle, are we decided? Is it a hundred percent? There's no other explanation, but Britney Spears is an operative of the GOP.
4: Well, okay, now stay with me. There is a possibility that Britney does not know. She was working for George Bush.
3: Oh, okay. So she's like a Manchurian candidate yes. kind of thing. She gets flipped on and yes. off or whatever. And I
4: think that this also has probably something to do with all the free Britney stuff going around. And I would like to point out that once the 2008 election rolled around, Britney kind of got her shit together, right? Just chill again. Yeah, She's cool yeah. again. So this now stay with me because now we're getting into Illuminati territory. I don't think that I don't
3: Okay. Think, this is I my don't favorite think part. That
4: this one was necessarily the Illuminati. I think that Britney was definitely being paid by George Bush. But I think it was more like kind of like the Free Britney stuff. Like her dad was kind of making her do it. But I think she was aware of, of what she was doing. But some people think that the Illuminati Subjected women like women celebrities like Paris Hilton, Anna Nicole Smith, Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears. They are subjected them to trauma at a young age and caused them to dissociate. And then they were allowed, like then they could carry out government business once they were triggered by a code word.
2: Is there a chance that Britney is yet to be triggered by her code word and that she's just been working not knowing what she's yes, doing? Yes, that, that's
4: I mean that's a complete possibility too. The Illuminati are very sneaky people.
3: Yeah, this is making me think of like Zoolander, and she's like, and you know, I just like all of a sudden want to kill the Prime Minister right. of Malaysia.
4: People that think that uh, Brittany is being brainwashed by the CIA, the ev- the major evidence to back this up is that she was um, a member of the Mickey Mouse Club, which is obviously a site of brainwashing. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yes.
4: Yeah. So I mean. So then there's a lot of people we need to look into if that's the case with the Mickey Mouse Club. And I, I would like to follow up on that soon.
3: Yeah. Well, what about Timberlake? Exactly. He seemed to like not have to deal with any of the, uh, any of the bullshit Britney had to deal with in a lot of ways. Right.
4: Yes. Yes, that's true. But I think it's easier coming from a woman having a breakdown. Now we're getting into sexism. It's easier to be like, "Oh wow, that crazy girl." Yeah. Like rather than like when Justin Bieber <laughs> like, got in a major car accident and went to jail, it's
2: just like, "Oh, haha, Justin." Boys will be boys. But it didn't really stick in the news.
3: What are your thoughts, Paige?
2: Definitely some some male privilege going on with our with our friends Justin Bieber here when we compare him to the mental breakdowns of the ladies. I feel like, like to this day, we're referring to Britney Spears's breakdowns. When that Justin Bieber reference you make was obscure,
4: I think the, yeah. I think the real thing here is that there needs to be more rep- more male representation in Illuminati conspiracy theories. I think that's a really big takeaway here.
3: Hmm. So the Illuminati needs to get woke.
4: Illuminati is just as complicit in misogyny and sexism as every other corporation and major public entity. And they need to be held accountable.
3: Well, I think I think those are some pretty good takeaways here.
2: Yeah, this is woke. What... Yeah, there's a lot to process.
3: Yeah, we're really working through some, some shit here. And just for the record, end of the segment now, Paige, are you 100% convinced of the arguments that Sam Welch has brought to the table?
2: It's like I said, this evidence is
4: irrefutable.
3: Irrefutable.
4: Yeah. I mean, the timeline yeah. just matches up, man. It makes complete
2: sense.
3: All right, Sam. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to, to put together this fabulous report. Not and we are now more educated and better ready to face you the world thanks so to welcome.
4: you. I will be looking into the Mickey Mouse Club more, and I'll hope, hopefully I'll be back for, with some more information on that soon. Well,
3: I'm, I'm looking important. forward to it. Thank you very much.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Sam.
3: Ah, the lovely lovely Sam Welch with her incredible reporting skills. I agree. Had you have you heard of that that conspiracy theory before?
2: No, I haven't. First time listener, big time buyer.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is a uh, that is that one was particularly uh a lot of dates right there. It was like boom 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 with all the dates that line up. Yeah. Are you into any conspiracy theories in general?
2: No, I mean, I'm, I'm like your typical liberal person. Like, I believe 9-11 was an inside job. But beyond that, I don't really buy into the... And I think that Scientology is a scam to get people's secrets.
3: Well, it's like, yeah, a blackmail scam, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all a shakedown.
2: Yes, indeed.
3: Scientology is actually terrifying.
2: Yeah, I mean...
3: With what it's become.
2: It just came from a book. Books are always terrifying. Yeah.
3: Well, th- the the people that happen to get involved with Scientology and the the weird manipulative nature of Hubbard himself with with the shit he was trying to pull is so creepy, but it seems like it put these people that want to manipulate into a place of power to be able to do so. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a it's a kind of a perfect storm situation with the kind of people that are involved with that group. It's fucking horrible some of the documentaries they're coming out about it it's like how is this even like why are they not shut down entirely you know
2: yeah
3: they're literally like harassing have, you, people. have you
2: seen tiger king it's
3: like a cult oh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh Cults everything really keeps coming to back to tiger king of. it yeah they are oh, yeah yeah that one like that yeah like the woman in uh doc uh and uh cult or whatever that was that broke out in that show is that what you're oh, referring to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, yeah, he's bringing all these, like, young women to work for free and, and become, like, you know, uh, like, second, third, fourth wives or whatever.
2: Yeah, his bays.
3: Yeah, it's so, that dude was so fucking creepy.
2: Yeah.
3: Ugh. That show was, like, it was gross, but it was also, I couldn't, it was just a train wreck. I just couldn't stop watching.
2: When I watched it, I stopped at the seventh episode, and I still haven't finished watching
3: it yet. Is that was that a, a stop that was like a decision, like you noped out?
2: No, I just I just stopped watching it. I couldn't get through it. At some point, I've seen enough of the train wreck.
3: Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, yeah, you you've got to, you know, sometimes you just get to a point where you're just like, okay, I've seen enough of that, and there's a hundred million other fucking things to watch. Speaking of other things to watch, I saw on your Facebook page you have, or you're talking about doing a podcast called Holds Up, where you watch an old movie that you haven't seen in years. Yeah. So where'd the the premise come from? Is this just like something you just randomly thought of as you were watching an old movie?
2: This is, yeah, that's exactly what started. I was watching Bedknobs and Broomstick.
3: Ah, callback, yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And I was like, man, this movie really holds up
3: <laughs> light bulb
2: yeah did it so,
3: when you're watching it did you like have the same like feels you had as a kid when you were watching it
2: yeah i i had forgotten a lot of it oh yeah yeah but i still i still managed to hype it up enough so i don't know it's a an idea that came to me it's not the most original premise for a podcast but
3: i think it's a great concept i wonder like what Is there any movies that you can think of that might not hold up? There
2: was a movie that I really loved that I haven't seen in a couple of years that I I was going to look into hyping up for myself and then watching it and being disappointed.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I recently went back and watched this old movie that used to just terrify me. It was like a scary movie for kids. It was called The Midnight Hour in which this uh, group of teenagers uh, robs a uh, wax museum of their uh, old clothing and then wears it as a Halloween costume. And it just so happens that one of those articles of clothing was enchanted or some shit. And like all the people like in the cemeteries come out of the graves and like, you know, just run over the town with all this crazy shit. And it's really, really goofy watching it back I was like wow this is the campiest, goofiest shit ever but it was literally like oh my horrifying gosh. for me as a kid.
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly the kind of thing we're looking to dissect, you know?
3: Cut into it, get get into the into the Yeah. Into the thick of it. Like why did this thing enthrall me as a child and you know, why does it not mm-hmm. or still enthrall me now? And right? we would
2: look into like what the context <laughs> of your life was at the time you first saw it.
3: Oh, right. Yeah, because like what contextually was happening yeah. in your life at that point that would have triggered these uh, these responses.
2: And who was watching it with you, if you have like a sibling or if you have a best friend that would watch movies with you.
3: Yeah. You know, that's really interesting too, because like who you watch a movie with affects your, your enjoyment of the movie like big time, right?
2: Absolutely.
3: I don't understand entirely what that is but there's some sort of like community in that right like if if it's a more silly friend then you might like enjoy napoleon yeah dynamite better, nobody's right? enjoying
2: napoleon dynamite on there that's a fact
3: <laughs> i remember watching that the first time and just being like confused like, as to what was I funny i don't get
2: this at all first time i've napoleon dynamite I was like, I don't understand how this is supposed to be funny. Because I thought because I felt bad <laughs> was, for but everyone there was a second watch show. where it came I was through. Like, oh I felt bad for everyone
3: here. <laughs> yeah, it had a bizarre tone to it that you just had to like understand yeah. somehow. It was definitely a second watch with different people where I was actually like You thought would it put it on at a
2: party, have it going on in the background.
3: Yeah, kind of like yeah, maybe like Monty like Python that. or something.
2: There was, there was um, one one guy I, whose house we all used to go over, and he would put on McGruber um, in the background every single time.
3: That, that's that his is go-to ambiance? That's uh, his
2: absolute favorite movie. <laughs> you oh, know, I've you never even to, seen
3: that. That's funny.
2: Well, that just means you haven't been at a party at Alex's house.
3: Yeah, the, clearly. I always put on uh, David Attenborough as my background ambiance. At my parties, I'm going for very chill.
2: I have the Google Home playing some music usually in the background of my parties, but we haven't had as many of those recently.
3: Yeah, yeah, you've had to cut back on the yeah on the party. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> so i i I saw also you. You said you're uh, you're writing a an intro on the uke, right?
2: Yeah, I did.
3: How's it coming?
2: Oh, it's coming along good.
3: Yeah, you're. You're a fucking pretty great uh, uh, songwriter there, like musician. Like your voice is awesome.
2: Oh, thank you.
3: Yeah, you 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 got a bunch of videos on there, and it's it's funny. Like I actually Alexis Nelson. I was talking to her last episode. She also plays ukulele. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, do you know Alexis? Yeah,
2: she and I did a show together.
3: Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you know everybody in Columbus, don't you?
2: I know a lot of people in
3: Columbus. I love Columbus. I feel like you're like one of the people in town when you're here. It's You, you come here a lot. Mm-hmm. You have other cities like that that you've got that kind of community with?
2: I like going to Columbus and then Cincy and then uh, Indianapolis.
3: Oh, yeah. Is there a good scene in Indianapolis?
2: Indianapolis is pretty cool.
3: Pretty cool. I know they got this. I went there once. They had this really cool part of town with this like bowling alley up on the fifth floor of some building or something in this arts district. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> You're like, no. It's like like no. duck pin bowling or something, but it's like, yeah.
2: Duck pin bowling
3: is some of my favorite. They're is so it? cute. Yeah, a little squat little pins.
2: Little shot
3: put. Now it's 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 interesting to me that you just know all of these people from town. And like, I just like picked up on, on you from seeing you at shows. And it's like, you're in here all the time. And like, you're all, you're all over the place. You're just touring constantly, aren't you?
2: Yeah. I was living, I was doing a lot of stuff on the road, um, before COVID hit. So I haven't been on the road or back to Columbus.
3: Yeah. Once again, partying and shows.
2: Yeah. I haven't, it's, it's been a, a minute, I've gotta yeah. come back sometime.
3: Yeah. Well, then COVID gives you more time to uh, put some energy into your uh, holds up sh- show, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you when when do you think we'll be able to hear some of that? When are you gonna have some podcasts out?
2: Just as soon as I start getting some interviews lined up. Hell yeah. I have to put some. I have to put some thought to it. So it's still in its infant stages at this
3: point. Yeah, it's super cool. I'll tell you what else is cool. We got William Mount from the Sounds of Bustown podcast right here with a new segment talking about local music in the city of Columbus. Here we
0: go. Hello, this is William Mount from the Sounds of Bustown. I produce the podcast where I talk to musicians around town and I'm gonna give you a little info on what's been going on music wise. Live shows? Not really anything, because there's a whole pandemic. But don't worry about that, because people are still putting out music. Like Ryan Francis, a.k.a. Huge Huge, released an EP called Bad Rapper. I highly suggest you check that out on Bandcamp, or I think streaming, if you do streaming stuff. But if you want to support local people, that's one of the best things you can do, is buy it on Bandcamp from them. Next up is Joey H. He's come out with a CD which I think has defined summer this year really well. It's been my summer jams. It's not like a compilation or anything. It's just it's a really good CD to listen to in the summer. Uh, windows down, cranking out the out the stereo. It is called Open Treehouse. Again, you can find that on the internet. That's where I got it from as well. Next up, we got Honey and Blue who released Bloom. An absolute wonderful follow-up to their first album. This album got delayed a little bit, which I was depressed with, but uh, it has since come out over the last couple months, and I highly recommend you also checking it out. The band Victory Lapse has released a new album called Later On If At All that is just 10 tracks of just wonderful fucking music. So, uh, again, another another recommendation from me, your boy, William Mount. And I think that'll do it for me on this episode of William Mount Talks to You About Albums that he really enjoys from local bands in Columbus, Ohio. So thanks to Mel for letting me have time to do this, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast you're listening to. Uh, check us out over on the Sounds of Bustown Town if you'd like.
3: You know, I've, I've always got ideas for podcasts like rolling around in the dome, right? Yeah. It's just constantly, and I know it's like a trope, right? Like every like white guy with a beard does. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I was just on uh, Facebook and somebody uh, mentioned something about ham radio people and, and I was just thinking about that and I was like, that actually would be a really funny like series, Have a bunch of ham radio hobbyists from around the world that, like, have some sort of community based on this hobby right now in this era and have that be an analog to, like, social media?
2: Oh, wow.
3: Does that make sense at all? Like, to, like, kind of, like, tease out the concepts of social media using this kind of, like, old-fashioned thing?
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I
3: don't know. What do you think?
2: I think the ham radio sounds like a lot of fun.
3: (laughs) Did you ever ever see those back in the day? Like, I had some family members that were into that.
2: There's a um, comic book that I'm reading called Five Kids Walk Into a Bank, and uh, in it, they all have ham radios, and that's how they talk to each other after, after nightfall.
3: These are bank robbers?
2: No, these are five kids.
3: Okay, because you said five kids walk into a bank, and I just assumed that the only reason five kids are walking in is to rob the place.
2: Yeah, well, you're you're doing a really good
3: job. <laughs> is, that, is that is that where it goes?
2: Yes, it is. And All the main right. character's name is Paige.
3: Oh, so you've got some uh, you've got some uh, some feels in there already, huh? Are you yeah, identifying? Yeah,
2: I've got some skins in this game.
3: Yeah, I was saying my I had this. Uh, I want to say it was like a like a great uncle that had the whole ham radio set up in in a room, and it was just this huge, massive thing. And we'd go over there once in a while, and like he'd show it to us, and you know, call in like, oh yeah, there's some guy from Russia or whatever, you know. Back then, it was this ability that nobody had to be able to like have instant contact with the rest of the world, right?
2: Mm-hmm
3: at that point, like, before the internet, you know, it was, like, just this unthinkable thing to have this ability to communicate, like, across this vast difference. Do you have any thoughts on the ability of communication with social media and, like, everybody is kind of reticent to accept that this is... The new world that we just have to deal with social media as a permanent fixture, right?
2: Yeah, social media is the background for a lot of communication.
3: Are you here for it? I mean, you've got a Facebook page, obviously, but you got to, you know, promote yourself and things like that. But is it making you insane like it is so many?
2: I don't think so. I don't think I let it get to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
3: like all of the opinions right in your face constantly.
2: No, I'm like a duck with
3: water. Oh, yeah? You just roll with it? Let
2: it just right off my back, yeah.
3: That's, that's kind of how I try to roll. I mean, some of the stuff has been sticking with me lately just because of the insane nature of the world right now, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. You have to take care of yourself, you know, first. Self-care. Yeah.
3: That's one of the three hundred and sixty six things you're supposed to do every day, right?
2: That is one of my three hundred and sixty six witchiest things.
3: Yeah, self care is witchy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It involves smudging. There's a lot of smudging happening. Smudging? Smudging. What is this? You gotta smudge. Smudge what? You smudge page.
3: I'm I I'm <laughs> hearing you correctly, you say you smudge the page?
2: I guess you're never gonna know what smudging is.
3: No, I don't know what smudging is. It does do, does everyone else know, and I'm the only one? Like you just talk about smudging, like smearing. No. All right, help me out.
2: You burn sage.
3: Oh, burn sage.
2: Yeah, that's smudging.
3: That's smudging.
2: Yes, it is.
3: Oh my God! Well, that <laughs> that that that's an easy explanation. Did you just I have never. I you smudge? Well, I have smudged.
2: You've smudged. See? Okay.
3: Yeah. I have smudged.
2: Yes, you have. S-
3: smudging has occurred. I never knew that it was smudging while I was doing it, or I would have, you know, just started calling it that immediately. Is that like burning? What about Palo Santo or whatever? Is that the same? Is that still smudging?
2: I'm going to go with my gut instinct on this one and say yes.
3: Good, good. Well, I will I will basically just write that in concrete. It's always going to be smudging no matter what you're burning. Okay. Walking around with like an old pizza crust on fire. <laughs> smudging smudging the house in pizza crust.
2: Smudging. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
3: what if That's if how like palo santo out. and sage like gives a good energy or whatever? What do you think burnt pizza crust does to the energy of a room?
2: brings all the voice to the yard.
3: My pizza crust brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not as confident in the name as I was when I started this this episode. But I'm also not sure where to go from here.
2: I think you gotta go with pizza smudges. Pizza smudging?
3: Pizza smudging. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Lampshade Media presents Pizza Smudging.
2: It feels like the right
3: energy. I feel like it will bring all the boys to the yard.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, that's fucking fantastic. That is perfect. We're, we're In the future, uh, future listeners, you're going to be hearing this podcast, Lampshade Media presents Pizza Smudging. From now on, thanks to Paige pull a Snack. I appreciate that. And where can uh, where can our listeners find your uh, your content and uh, find out when your episode when your podcast drops and so on?
2: You can follow me online at uh, Twitter, and I will be at White Girl No Lift. And you can follow me on uh, Facebook uh, page Plesna Comedy. Awesome. That's where you can find my shtick.
3: Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd follow her on Facebook, get some awesome u- uh, ukulele videos and whatnot. It's always a good time. I hope to see you again soon. I hope, this, uh, I hope this thing ends soon so you can get back out on the road and making people laugh.
2: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Well, thank you so much. I love you. You're awesome. And oh, thanks thank again you. for coming on the show.
2: Absolutely.
3: Have a good one.
2: All right, see
3: ya. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special
0: thank you to our sponsors,
3: Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden.